Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and babies, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Back in this motherfucker again. I don't know what the date is. I don't know any of that shit. But, um, so what's going on, man? I, uh, did my uh, my daughter's graduation party the other day on Sunday. So I, you know, there was a lot of work leading up to that day. So um, I hadn't gotten to the show last week, I don't think, because um, yeah, it was just every free minute I got, I just had to keep working on that yard and getting it right, and finally got it where it needed to be, and it was showtime. I, I uh, went from I think Friday they were calling for. 70% chance of rain through the whole day. Heavy, heavy rain, thunderstorms, the whole shit, 70%. So we were like right about ready to just postpone it. We were all geared up to that was what was going to have to happen because uh, there was no way to, to do it, you know, otherwise. And um, Saturday it went from 70% to 30%. It was like, fuck it, game on, let's go. And, and then we just pulled it up. It went really well, you know. Um, everything looked really nice and, you know, she was very happy with everything. So that, that was the, the game plan. So now with that, you know, behind me, now I could just, uh, you know, focus on these other little things, these little hobby things like this. So, um, yeah. So we're in there doing a thing. Um, on the, 
on the topic of the, the yard and stuff like that, I want to touch base on this this one thing because it took me a minute to discover um, the whole plant industry and, and the flowers and shit like that. And the way that it goes, um, something I never really knew. So I just figure, you know, as I figure things out, I like to just kind of throw them out there to the public so that way other people could know the shit that I know. Um, so basically, the, the plant industry, as far as I'm concerned, is a filthy fucking business. But it has to be for, for these places to continue to make money, your Home Depots, your you know garden centers all over the place. Because I've noticed that usually, like, just before Mother's Day, as soon as, like, the end of April is going on, right, um, you see the garden centers loading up. Well, at the time that that stuff's going on and they're loading up with that it's too early to plant so if you fall victim because man it's starting to get a little warmer we're finally coming fully out of the winter and you're like shit it's springtime i want to start planting some shit your shit's gonna die because you're still having temperatures that drop too low at night and um it's just not it's not gonna do well or it's gonna drastically stun it from the ups and downs of the temperatures so they're selling you that shit in, in that month knowing that you're going to fail and you'll be back for more because the plant that they're buying off you is going to fail. Um, if you don't know about plants at all, um, there's perennials and annuals. Annuals are something you have to plant every year. Perennials will come back every year if you take care of them and you know fertilize them and all that stuff. And you get them established in the ground and um, you know going good before your season's over so that way they're they're established and they'll make it through your your winter um you also don't want to really try to establish a plant in a heat wave or like in the hottest part of the year because it's just you know the plant's already struggling to stay alive with the with the heat bearing down on it you know and some plants do better than others but it's harder to plant you know when it's really blazing out there Plus, now you're closer to your colder months, so it's not as established if you plant that late. So, again, so now Mother's Day is right about where you want to start planting stuff because the temperature should be up at night, um, you know, up above 50 at night kind of deal. Um, so, you'll start to see a little bit less. Like, you just won't see all the things you want. And then, like, mid to late july you go in those garden centers and they're amazing every fucking thing you want is right there all the cone flowers all the fucking uh, bee bomb all of this shit and these are things that i was looking online early in the season i was going man I, I want some of that i want some of this and a lot of them i could only find in seeds and you know i'm not i'm not that great with stuff like that give me like a plant um a bulb, a root, something to, something a little bit more advanced to start with, and then I could I could make them thrive. But I'm not like a seed growing motherfucker. So um, so yeah. So I figured what they actually do is they really present you with the stuff that you want in the worst seasons to plant it, because they know like all right, we we hit them with this shit that they they think is gorgeous in the late of the summer. They'll probably keep it alive for the end of the summer, but it won't be established enough to make it through the winter. So they're just going to have it. It's not going to come back next year. Enough months are going to go by that they're going to almost forget about that plant and then be like, 
see it in the garden center next year and be like, oh, yeah, didn't we have one of those? Oh, that's a shame. I wonder what happened. Oh, they didn't come back. Uh, yeah, I really did like those. Let's grab another one. By then, you're already in August already or, or July again. And they're just fucking you. So they survive off of you not making your shit survive um, and coming back for more. Yeah, just like the gym survive off of people quitting. Because if as many people signed up actually showed up, they wouldn't have the space for you to train in that motherfucker. So they they survive off of that New Year's resolution shit. Um, the, um, you know, the fish stores, they survive off of people doing the wrong shit with fish and not knowing what they're doing and having them die. Because, you know, if you get one of those little tiny Oscars, seven ninety nine or whatever it is, tiny little guy, that thing grows. It needs like a 50, 75 gallon tank minimum. And um, they get massive and you can't keep other shit in with them for the most part unless you have like other really big shit. And you still got to get a massive tank to even put more than one in there. And then, you know, it'll eat anything you put in there. So, you, you know, you're pretty limited with them, but they sell them seven bucks at, at PetSmart, a whole tank full of them. Not that many people are owning Oscars, but again, they're surviving off of people doing the wrong shit. And them either dying or having to give them away or whatever. Not their problem. They made the sale. So a lot of these businesses really survive off of failure. Off of your failure. Uh, you know, your loss is their gain. But um, so my advice to that is like with plants, do your shopping in your, your window shopping in your July when you walk through those garden centers. And make note of all the shit that you like. And if you can keep yourself from buying it, do it. But if you want, hey, try it. Maybe you could get it to last or to winter. It's not impossible. But, you know, you're, you know, you're way more up against it at that point. But make note of those things. And then when spring rolls around, go online and find those same plants and try to get those in plant form, you know, early spring. So you could start your shit off and get it way established by the end of the season. And then you'll have them every year and they'll continue to get bigger and bigger. So it's, uh, yeah, it's some shit that I had to learn kind of the hard way, you know, losing shit and then going back the next year being like, yeah, it's a perennial. I'll come back next year. And it's like, didn't I just buy this fucking perennial last year? Yeah. I don't see this shit in my yard. There's a reason for that is because, uh, you know, and plus I'm getting better at caring for things now, you know, with the fertilizers and different shit like that. But yeah, live and learn. So, uh, yeah, shit's looking good back there. Um, that's pretty much that. Um, let me go through. Uh, all right. So let's go with this. Uh, matter of fact, let me go over to the other ones first. I know I'm all over the fucking place. Um, all right. Jeff Sands got some topics here. I'm going to go with, with his and then we'll go back to the other ones. Um why is Cardona and Gage wrestling? I'm so confused. Uh, so Cardona is the Zack Ryder guy. Uh, well, the thing is, is this. Um, and we'll get back to the Sadika thing. Maybe I should have did that first. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, this, is, this is what Gage should be doing. Bullshit Twitter fucking beefs with, with ex-WWE guys. And cutting little silly promos on, on beer companies and the beer companies clapping back on Twitter and all this stupid shit. This is this is what he should be doing. Because that motherfucker was exposed. And, uh, yeah. 
Let me see. Um, oh, fucking ridiculous. So uh, Jeremy just sent me a picture, and I, I just I just want to fucking point this out real quick because he sent it to me, and while the idea is fresh in my mind, but uh, so just like last week, Justin Kyle posted this ridiculously gay picture, and you call it what it is, where he's posing with, with uh, um, Brandon Kirk. And Brandon Kirk's standing behind him, and he's got his arm wrapped around him, like, on his belly, like they're expecting. And Justin Kyle is, like, arching his back and, like, holding his head. And they're they're, they're posing like a couple, you know? And um, so, yeah, they just announced uh, ICW uh, Brandon Kirk versus Justin Kyle. Dude. This is this is how you guys are killing the business. You're killing, uh, and and I've always said, you're not killing the business in general. Like it's the business will still make money, but when I say you're killing the business, what I mean is you're killing it for me, where I don't give a fuck about that match at all because of the picture I'm looking at. That I I won't believe that you really want to hurt the guy. Which to me, that's that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see you want to hurt the other guy. I want a simulated fight. I want to see violence. I want, you know, that's what I want to see. So when I got you guys like cuddling in, in a picture and then they book you guys wrestling each other. Now nah, I'm not, I'm not really up for your friendly exhibition. And even if you guys end up beating the shit out of each other, I'm still going to go like, this is weird. I don't know. It just doesn't, it comes off like, like now it's S and M cause you guys are cuddling on the regular. So now you guys are just into some rough shit. That's all it is. But uh, Gage and Cardona wrestling, I'm not into this at all. This is for somebody else. This is that WWE shit. Um, and they'll get hardcore, deathmatch, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But um, Zack Ryder will protect Gage heavily. He'll make him look really good. He'll sell shit like a million bucks. He'll make Gage look dangerous. Um, you know, because let's, uh, again, let's just be fucking honest about Nick Gage, you know, for all these delusional MDKers out there. If Zack Ryder wanted to, he could fucking tie Nick Gage in a knot and throw him in the trash. You know what I mean? Because Gage, Gage is built like a fucking gas station attendant right now. Like, he's he's built like fucking your mailman. That's 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 what he's built like. Like, this dude, it, there there's nothing, like, unstoppable about Nick Gage. Nothing, especially a jacked up fucking guy who's been working in the WWE for over 10 years. Yeah, he, he would fucking do damage to Gage if it was a legitimate fight. I don't care who thinks what else, but um, Gage is in terrible fucking shape. And we'll get back to him in a minute. But um, uh, people who abuse their bodies but look for sympathy for the effects of the abuse but get mad about people talking shit about them abusing their bodies. Okay, so this, I believe, is about Marcus Crane. So we'll go into the Marcus Crane thing. Marcus Crane posted that he has, like, uh, I feel like I'm going to wind up with Scott Steiner math or some shit with this because he's got, like, 15, <laughs> he's got 15 x-rays. You, <laughs> you deduct that from... Not, Basically, he's looking to sell 10 of his x-rays because he said, like, I got 15. I'm going to keep one for myself and two are spoken for. So I'm going to sell 10. And I'm like, that hold up. Um, but anyway, 
and he said, I didn't want to break anyone's pockets or I didn't want to sell them for too much. So 250 plus shipping. Um, 250 and x-ray. So he's looking to make $2,500 because he's selling 10 of them. $2,500 for fucking x-rays of his dumb head. When he had an infection in his skull that needed brain surgery that he then came back to wrestling, can barely even speak, and they're giving him the mic. I, I mean, dude. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this whole thing to me is fucking sad, but it also fucking irritates me. Because it's such a, like a reckless bullshit life. To, to live that much of a reckless life where you don't give a fuck about your own well-being, you have no self-respect whatsoever, and then when somebody points it out and does, and you can see in their posts, they don't respect you, but you don't respect you. So you now you're mad because they don't? Why aren't you mad that you don't? Shit doesn't make any fucking sense to me, but I don't give a fuck about whether you like what I say or not. That's that's something I you're not going to find me giving a fuck about. Because you're a retard. I mean, you're you you had fucking brain surgery and you're on GCW's mid card getting blasted in your head with a bundle of fucking light tubes as soon as you came back. For the benefit of what? Just just like back in the day when GCW first started kicking up and they were doing big Japan fucking death matches in in fucking Howell, New Jersey. And it was Marcus Crane versus Schlack, and I was praising it and this and that, but I was praising it and going, man, this shit was like mid-card. This shit was like not the main event, and it gets lost in the shuffle. And it's a shame because the amount of shit that they were doing was just like, dude, like Crane every fucking match would be out there with razor boards, scissor boards, pigeon spikes, this and like un un godly shit just like real over the top big japan level shit and it wasn't the end of a feud it wasn't the you know this is the thing is like i don't have a problem with this type of violence this type of death match but when you're just doing it as like a throwaway match in the middle of a card with no build and there's another four death matches after yours then i'm just looking at you like you're dumb because you're wasting your own fucking sacrifice that you're making. The, the, the abuse you're taking. And now it just looks like fetish shit to me. Like you don't care where the fuck you get to do it. You just want to do massive amounts of pain and bloodletting and this and this. And it doesn't really matter where on the card it lands. Because it's just really about you doing it. Not the fact that like it needs to be seen. It's it's a weird fucking lane. And, and again, part of what helped kill me caring about Deathmatch Wrestling. Um, but you know, it's like this shit that he's doing and then, you know, and let's, let's not get it fucked up either because when he went through all that shit and he had to go fund me's and all that, I donated to it because he was always a nice guy to me. He went above and beyond in that ring and, and killed himself out there. You could say for the fans, but to me again, this is fetish shit for them. This is not for the fucking fans. You could stop that shit. They might like you. They might like the pop that you give them. But when it comes down to it, there's something that that feeds them. They're not going through massive amounts of pain, getting paid almost no money, spending lots of hours traveling, 
for you personally. That's not really. They like the pop. Something about that rush fucking feeds them. That's that's it. So enough with the it's for the fans. It's not for you. Okay, cool, bro. I need some help around the fucking house next weekend too. Are you gonna stop by? Cause you do shit just for me, right? Oh, you you can't stop by. You'll you would never stop by. Yeah, yeah. That's because. None of this shit was ever for the fucking fans. It was for you, for your ego, or whatever the fuck you need to feed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what that is. And yes, the fans are the ones feeding that. So, But they're paying in order to do that. And again, you, you love the, the craft. You love the art of it. You love the pop. You love something about it. And, and a lot of this shit, these guys are liking the pain and the cutting. And then that's where it becomes weird and, and fetish-like. You know, sometimes they're just a little too happy to get into the damage instead of selling the fucking pain. Um, but this is the shit that that's just got real weird. And I'm just disgusted by it because Marcus Crane, since the start, has been just a blatant, over the top drug user, like doesn't give a fuck, takes excess amounts of shit. Other wrestlers will come up to you during the show and be like, Marcus is fucked up. You know, like, this is the type of shit I've seen since day one from him. I didn't even know who Marcus Crane was when I first heard that he's really fucked up in the back. You know what I mean? That was King of the Death Match 2015, 16, whatever year that was that we went. Um, and, you know, he was, like, tripping his fucking ass off. This was, like, his debut weekend for fucking Ian Rotten, the King of the Death Match. And he's, like, fucking wasted in the back. Like, it's just stupid shit. Um, but yeah, like this thing where like you're selling fucking x-rays for $2,500, um, it's pathetic shit. I don't give a fuck if you have to pay bills. I don't give a fuck what you have to do, but it's just overall pathetic for a lot of reasons, you know, because like number one, you should have fucking geared yourself towards like actual employment and doing something to fucking better your life and try to get yourself back on track. Why are you on a fucking wrestling show grabbing a mic? You're pacing back and forth with a fucking riot shield and you're fucking screaming some shit into the mic. And and all of a sudden it's like he goes into like a complete stammering mess. Like he can't complete a sentence and he's like half apologizing, half apologizing, but then like half threatening people on the mic. And it's like this is fucking bad looking. This is really bad looking. But this is a position that you wanted to be in. Because people don't get mic time they don't want on a wrestling show. So it doesn't make any fucking sense why you would put yourself in the, that position to look bad just to get mad at people if they have something to say about it. Oh, you can't tell people are struggling? Yeah, dude. You don't do that. You, you don't do shit like that. Like, oh, I have a fucking... Uh, I have something wrong with my brain and I'm still having problems speaking. So... I'm going to go get the mic out there and tell the people what's up. Maybe you shouldn't, Marcus. Maybe you should, uh, you know, write it out in the back or something and uh, we'll put it up on the, the screen. I don't know what to tell you, but, like, don't put yourself out there looking shitty and they get mad that people see that you look shitty. Um, also, any fan paying $250 for a Marcus Crane x-ray should get their fucking head scanned because... That'll never in a million years ever, ever, ever be worth any money. Any money. At all. You name me. Like, uh, seriously. If you had, um, let's, I mean, Nick Mondo. Uh, 
Ian Rotten, uh, JC, JC Bailey. Let's go with that one. JC Bailey is a far, far more accomplished deathmatch wrestler, and he's deceased. Do you think a JC Bailey x-ray would be worth money? Other than if you value that and you're willing to pay money for it, do you think you could buy it and then resell it other than to another fucking idiot? You know what I mean? I know that's kind of how sales work anyway, but I mean, like, do you think there'll be an actual market for that in 10 years, 20 years? Like, how much of an explanation are you going to have to load your, yeah, I am charging 400 However, because, you know, you're, you're spending 250 now, so clearly you're going to want profit off of what you're getting. So say 20 years down the road, you go, yeah, I'm selling this x-ray for 400 No, his name is Marcus Crane. Um, who? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was a deathmatch wrestler. And he, a what? Well, deathmatch, like... You know, with the blood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, they'll spit out a name of the, whoever the most popular guy is. If you're lucky. Oh, you mean, like, to, yeah, like him. Okay. Well, yeah, he died, like, 15 years ago. But um, he, I have his x-ray. They're going to look at you like, you want me to spend $400 on this? I get, who the fuck is Marcus Crane? Who the fuck is Marcus Crane ever to be... $250 for a fucking x-ray. What, for you to just have it? Because that'll be worth that. Someone will throw that in the fucking garbage out of your attic when you die. If you have children, they will clean out your fucking room when you die and they will throw Marcus Crane's fucking x-ray in the garbage that you spent $250 on. They won't cash in and, and, and support their family for the next fucking month, year, week, day. They will throw it in the fucking garbage. What the fuck is this? And you could write, this is Marcus Crane, the deathmatch wrestler's x-ray from when he broke his, from when he needed brain surgery and da-da-da-da-da. You could write what it is on it and every fucking thing and they'll go, huh, yeah, we'll throw this out. Yeah, he was into some weird shit. That guy, dad. You know, that that's what the fuck that's worth. So I'm, I'm just not willing to play along with the whole gimmick and, and pretend like the whole thing isn't bizarre and, and, and pathetic on every fucking end. Him for selling them and thinking he's worth all of that and, and a person for buying it and thinking he's worth all of that. The whole thing is fucking stupid. And he's going to die soon, just like Gage. And you guys, like, you're going to pretend like, oh, my God, but I just talked to him. Like, that keeps people alive. They could just do heroin and all the fucking drugs they want. They could have brain surgery and then take head trauma. But as long as you just talk to him, he should be fine. Like, he seemed all right the other day. Yeah, he seemed all right, other than the fucking drug habit and the brain hemorrhaging. And, you know, all of it's fine. I just, you're not going to get my sympathy. You take responsibility for your fucking actions and go from there. Because it's not my responsibility to respect what you don't. Um, Jeff Bezos, is that a rocket? You're just happy to see me going to space in this penis rocket. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about that shit. Uh, I saw the rocket. It definitely looks like some kind of dick. But I guess uh, Jeff Bezos is in there going to space and shit. Yeah, man. Uh, 
Motherfuckers get a lot of money. What can you tell you? Uh, yeah, Nick Gage littering and feuding with uh, um, Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, he was like, uh, you know, cutting a promo on on the beer company and throwing a fucking like full can of beer into the fucking bay or the ocean or wherever the fuck he was. And it's just like, yeah, like not the end of the world, but in the same token, like for the sake of a shit fucking promo against a beer company on fucking Twitter, putting over Natty Ice, which is absolute garbage fucking beer. You know, I, I mean, I was a fucking alcoholic, man. You, you're not going to fucking rant and rave about Natty Ice like that's dope shit. Like you're, you're drinking absolute fucking garbage like higher alcohol content but like if you just need to slam it into your body faster than ever oh yeah that's right you're a heroin addict so <laughs> i should fucking narrate but um you know um it's just it's fucking worthless pointless uh you know completely careless and reckless let's just throw shit in the water who gives a fuck right like it's just a, he's just a dirty fucking scumbag of a person that's just what it is because that's worth absolutely nothing again again what is what you're putting out there worth in the grand scheme of things fucking nothing here just throw his beer in the fucking water so i could be like fuck you pbr and then they're tweeting back oh boy here's you you know like dude why why but this is not the old nick age didn't twitter beef with fucking shit beer companies um so yeah, that but I guess that's where he's at. That's you know the beer company is not going to beat him up like Sadika did. Um, let's go back. I'm going to go back to that, and then I'm going to meet back up with this this list here because uh, I do want to talk about that. And I had uh, some on this end and some on that end. Let me see. Uh, let's go back to Skype. There we go. Sadek putting Gage out. So, yeah, this this match, um, I watched this with Shaheen. And, um, you know, when we watched the match, too, a lot of Shaheen's, um, you know, thoughts on her was changing. And, you know, he was enjoying the match. And he said, this seemed fine. Like, she seemed fine. And I felt the same way. She was stiff as fuck, but that's how she works. And um, as far as I'm concerned, she exposed motherfuckers when she came over here. Um. You know, she she was supposed to be like a loose cannon gimmick anyway in GCW or ICW, I should say. That's what they set up the whole Kimberly match for her to be reckless. That's like it was supposed to be like no one can control her. Kimberly doesn't even want to work her. And she's wrestling our champion Murdoch tomorrow. You know, I still think it was poorly executed the way that they did the whole thing. And I think. A lot of that left too much to her own creative license, you know, for her to like come up with something. And I don't think they should have left it to her. And I think that's why maybe it didn't go so pretty. I don't, it didn't look the way it should have. But um, I think that whole that whole night with the Kimberly thing was completely throwaway. Like it, it just really didn't do a lot. It got people talking, so I guess it did do something. But as far as like a match or, or quality of booking, eh. But uh, the Murdoch match, I thought, really, really delivered. I stick to that. And, um, you know, so so that was what that was. And that, that caused a lot of stir and all that. And then when she threw the light tubes at the end, near fans, um, 
you know, it caused a lot of controversy and stirred up a lot of things. And, um, you know, it was like, well, the next, next weekend she's wrestling Gage and Schlack in GCW in Texas. So it was like, oh shit. Um, you know, we saw what she's capable of. Now we got two, you know, big, big names in deathmatch wrestling. Supposed God of this shit. And, uh, she fucked his ass up. Um, she, she, she fucked his ass up. It was a good match. Um, at one point, I thought it was a great match, but, um, at one point she pulled his shirt off and you could tell he didn't want her to do that. He didn't want her to do that at all. Cause he exposed a horrible ass build. Uh, yeah, like it's a gas gas station attendant build. Um, you know, like the dude has been working there for 30 years type shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, he, he looked bad and, and about, halfway three quarters of the way through the match you could tell he was just fucking he was blown up he was like he walked back to the ring like she you know she was selling some of his offense and he walked back to the ring and he just was like leaning on the ring apron like he was just fucking toast and he won the match you know obviously you know things are booked uh he won the match and yeah he uh he was fucked up and so after the match, he's cutting the fucking promo, talking about uh, uh, only the cops could stop me from doing this shit. Only the pigs locking me up can stop me from doing this shit. This is my life. I'm fucking doing this to the death. You gotta kill me. And this da 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 da. Next day, guess what happened? No show. No show on the fucking main event of the card and he was there but uh didn't hit that curtain didn't come out with them boots on he did not wrestle alex cologne as planned the next day and i don't give a fuck what anybody says this does not fall on sadika whatsoever whatsoever because it'd be one thing if you said he got a broken elbow because when she did this move he got hurt on it as fucking typed out on that thing, he was fucking like, you know, he came out there after the match to talk about all that shit. Add to that, when they pulled him off the show, they said he's really banged up. When have you ever heard that? That dude's really sore from the match yesterday. They would say like, oh, he aggravated this injury or aggravated that injury or something like that because, you know, well, that would be a real thing. But to just say dude's really banged up from the match last night, like... Mm, yeah, he was banged up. Rumor had it he was he was he was uh nodding the fuck out. And you know, I mean this is to be expected. I think that shit hurt his fucking feelings. Um, you know, everybody on the Indies has been protecting this guy for years. Because Nick Gage is a fucking legend. He's an absolute fucking legend of deathmatch wrestling in the United States. And I'd say maybe Japan. He ain't a fucking legend in Mexico. Where would he be a legend in Mexico? Why? Unless it's just from watching him over here, but I don't, I don't think so. So, you know, I, that that's just how I see it. So, 
everybody else who comes in, everybody else who works him, protects him because he's Nick Gage. No one wants to ruin the the legend of Nick Gage. So they work with him and they, they make things look good and they, they allow him to be Gage. Back in the day, you didn't have a fucking choice. Gage was just going to come in there and run his shit on you. And he was going to make it look like fucking murder because that's how he was hitting people. He was he was so much more aggressive. And now, like, he's relying on those other people to, to make sure that he continues to look like that. You know, and thank the fans 12 fucking times so they don't stop clapping for him because he's just, just pep rallying it out there. Um, but these guys, you know, they're, they're going to protect Gage. He's, he's Gage. Uh, Sadika came in here to, to make a name for herself. She came in here for the U.S. fans to know her name when she fucking left. And as far as I'm concerned, mission fucking accomplished. She whooped his fucking ass and he didn't show up for his booking the next day. Now, whether the shit she hit him with fucked his head up so much that he had to lean into that substance because he just couldn't deal. And, and the pain of the fucking actual fight he was in. You know, because, I mean, it wasn't like it was a shoot or anything like that, but she was laying it in. She takes her abuse. They started off the match the same way that they started off the Murdoch match with her taking all the fucking abuse. And then at a certain point, the scales flip. Then she starts laying in all the abuse. And then they go kind of back and forth. And the match ends with her taking a loss. That's the same way that they did the, the John Wayne Murdoch match. But the difference is, John Wayne Murdoch came up from IWA Mid-South and was used to fighting hard-hitting bad motherfuckers like Tank and, and, and guys like that. Over the years, he was continuously fighting and up-and-coming guys trying to prove themselves, and he would continue to be that hard-hitting deathmatch fucking down-south guy. I mean, this he's used to continuing to have these fights, you know? Uh, where again, like Gage has been protected. Um, so then, yeah, so then that's the difference, I think. And they already booked a rematch for August for um, Sadika versus Murdoch. I don't think you're going to see a rematch on that Gage. I mean, maybe, but I, I, I doubt it when he missed the fucking booking the next day because he couldn't deal. And then it was like it didn't even happen. He barely even fucking. I I didn't see a, a post on his on his shit about missing the booking. He just went right back into posting about Zack Ryder shit. That T-shirt with them pissing on on the grave of Zack Ryder. Like, dude, who the fuck is wearing that? What what grown fucking man is walking around with a, a shirt of Nick Gage pissing on Zack Ryder's grave? Who gives a fuck about any of that? Like, it's, it's just so stupid. I, I can't fuck with these people. Um, so, and then uh, the the Schlack match, that ended kind of abruptly. And I know, uh, I, I think she might have broke his nose or something during the match. But um, I think, well, there, there's a couple things with this. Schlack, I will maintain, but I'm a fan and I feel like he's got the best look in the history of deathmatch wrestling. I don't think there's ever been a better look for a deathmatch wrestler than what Schlack brings to the table. And the promos he was cutting might have been the best promos a deathmatch wrestler were, were, was ever cutting to lead up to a match. 
consistently because the consistent fun funny but you could tell the guy was fucking like nuts that was cutting this promo so he wasn't just like haha silly he was ha silly but like this guy's gonna fucking kill him he's off his rocker like you know you you still he didn't lose any of the aura the look all that shit still brought to the table um but schlack is terrible in the fucking ring and, and, and i hate that i really really fucking hate that because all of those other things that i just said could not be more honest and and heartfelt you know what i mean like that that's that's how i feel but like you know, I watched so many matches with Schlack where he's dropping guys. This guy, this guy's built like two gorillas, and he's dropping guys. He's got the guy up for the power bomb, and he, they're like, he's got to do like a second attempt. It's just like the coordination or something is just way off, and and it sucks. It really sucks because like. I think Schlack in the end, there's going to be so much woulda, coulda, shoulda when, when it's all said and done for Schlack. And it's unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. Cause I, I mean, I, I couldn't have been any more, you know, in his camp for hoping for him to just kind of get it. You know, I know he came in way late and all of this and I'm sure training under DJ Hyde wasn't like a, you know, a, a phenomenal way of uh, breaking in and this and that. But now he's been around your, your Dickinson's, your homicides, your, all of these guys have been, you know, in the ring with them and he's had time to learn from these different guys and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Um, and I think that's a huge shame, but, uh, you know, here's hoping for, for better. You know, going. Or I just don't know how much time there is left. You know, how how many more years is Schlack gonna wrestle? You know, already being in the forties. You know, it, that's gonna be. I don't know. I mean, that's on him. But I know, you know, he's banged up. He's he's doing a ton to his body just doing this shit. He's taking the abuse. He's doing all those things. But like the monster that he needs to be, like. Just the accuracy to pick a motherfucker up and toss him, spike this motherfucker, and you know, like that that Nate hatred shit. You know, hatred would throw those fucking murderous clothes on. He was a big motherfucker, and he he would hit you like he was a big motherfucker. When Schlack wrestled Dickinson, he looked completely outclassed. And I know we're talking Dickinson, but Tony Deppin didn't look outclassed that way. Why is that? You know. I got a neighbor built like Tony Deppin, you know, like it's so if he's hanging with Dickinson, if that match is looking like two bad motherfuckers fighting, then why does the one with Schlack look like a guy's getting beat up? Like, again, it's just a shame because there's a lot of this could have looked fucking phenomenal. Like, you know, you could you could sketch out a comic book in your mind of Schlack going to battle with this guy and that guy. And it looks like two fucking comic book monsters just destroying each other, you know. Congress Godzilla like it it's not hard to picture some amazing shit happening with this beast of a human but man it's like pulling fucking teeth to get a match to look good with him so again I don't blame Sadika for the fucking the, the matches themselves that may not have gone the way that people wanted him to like gauge but again I thought that match was good I didn't think the Schlack match was bad. I just thought it was short and it ended kind of abrupt. 
And I honestly think that really was um, tied to he was going to uh, Zona 23 or whatever, whatever, however many Zonas it is. He was going to Zona 23 right like last week. So he was going to have that match. And then like the following week, he was going to head over to Mexico and, and wrestle her there, or Texas or wherever that is. Because I found out she lives in, in Texas, not Mexico. But, I, you know, right over the border, I guess. So, um, but yeah, so he was going to go ahead right over there. So they headed that, they ended that abruptly. And she's yelling pussy on the mic and this and that. And next thing you know, he's heading to her home. So it makes sense that they maybe kind of teased that match. They gave you a good portion of it, but then had some more to give. And maybe they were going to be booked in Mexico. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just feel like she came in here and she made herself fucking known. Um, a guy like Murdoch took it a whole lot more seamlessly because I think he was w way more equipped to be handling what was going on. You know, if she was going to bring a fight, he was going to handle a fight. And and that was not the case with Gage. He, he was going to get that match done, but he wanted no part of even his next booking against Alex Cologne, who would have protected him. You know, they would have done some crazy shit out there and this and that, but Alex Cologne looks up to a guy like Gage. He's not he's not looking to bury Gage or make him look bad in the ring or, you know. But, you know, that that's that's how I see it with uh with her. And I think that would be the same with whoever you put her with. I think she'd be a measuring stick for depending on where they're at. I think her and Masada would be great. Because Masada's going to fire back. She's going to take whatever he's got. She's going to give some shit to him. He's not going to let it get out of hand. You know? And I think there's going to be a lot of mutual respect there. And there, you know. And that's the thing is Masada has spent a lot more time in Mexico than like a Nick Gage. So I think his time would be, you know, way more, uh, you know, respected in her eyes. And he he's probably considered a way bigger legend there than, than a Gage was. Who spent a lot of years completely out of wrestling just because of the, the prison shit. You know. Um, Justin Kyle doing death matches, ICW recap overall. I don't remember half of that shit. Uh, Justin Kyle versus John Wayne Murdoch, though, I did see and was fucking great. Like I said, Murdoch has been killing it. He really has. He, he's built like he's pregnant with twins, but um, he's killing it in the death match game. Absolutely killing it. And uh, Justin Kyle, he's an absolute beast. Um, and, you know, I was telling you with that. That uh, Brandon Kirk cuddling picture, shit like that ruins it, no matter how tough you are in the ring. You know, if, if you're spending part of the time doing this shit like like you'd really rather be banging these guys, then, then you lose your whole fucking buzz. With me, at least. You know, you could still get over with these guys who probably feel the same way. Like they're watching you guys and buying your shirts, but they'd really rather be blowing you. Like a lot of these guys. Like that little AJ kid, he'd rather blow every guy in that fucking locker room than, than watch one single wrestling show. But he'll settle for the wrestling show and continue to support everything you do. Because that's the closest he can get to you. You know what I mean? And that, that's just how some of these cats are. It's weird. It's fetishized. It's, uh, you know. But, uh, but yeah, Justin Kyle uh, doing death matches. Like, he, he already said that 
you know, a bunch of people hit him up and like he's going to do a few more, but he's not going to do them just like willy nilly, which is good because that's like um, the Nolan Edward kid that what he did was dumb because he did a bunch of death matches for no reason. And this this little shitty tournament and this little fucking stupid mid card booking uh, Danny DeMano booking for almost nobody and you know shit like that like and then retired from death matches after doing so many of them but not why not like make sure that you had these like crazy feuds that capped off in a death match and then laid off a death matches for two months and then had another crazy feud that led to a death match gotta you know put really good death matches down for those couple that you did and then had a guy book you to win a deathmatch tournament. And then step away from fucking deathmatches. So that, that way, you put together, you know, a couple great feuds capped off that way. And then you went and won a, a prestigious deathmatch tournament. Whether it be GCW or IWA or... I think that's all there are. And, um, you know, you would have did something like that. And then at the end of it said, man, I had a great run with that. You know, you put put down a great fucking tournament and then you say like hey i had a great run with that but let me let me be done with this because you know i could do a lot more and i agree he doesn't need deathmatch wrestling uh that kid's good he's tough as hell you know he's, i've seen matches with him and moff and him and dickinson i mean he's he's a bad motherfucker that kid but um but yeah, just it, it makes no sense to waste them. If you're only going to do so many death matches, don't just do them for no fucking reason. So I do respect uh, Justin Kyle for taking that stance on it. But stop cuddling with motherfuckers, man, in these pictures, because I'm not I'm not going to watch your fucking death match. You know, if if I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not watching the Brandon Kirk match. I can tell you that straight up. I'll go to fuck outside, check on my chickens, go hit the bathroom, you know, refresh my drink, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch that match because I don't give a shit about it. You know, I, I already know how you feel about him and all of this. And I, I'm not, I'm not interested in a lover's quarrel match. Um, uh, GCW four way spot, man's almost setting the ring on fire. Yeah. That shit. I don't know what the fucking plan was there, but they stacked tables three high to do a top rope spot and then set the tables on fire and then you know like most table spots the table starts to go out before you know the thing happens and they were like doors you know because that's it's all doors now instead of tables um because they're cheaper or whatever but uh yeah and like the whole thing fell over because i don't know it's fucking stacked three high, which is like higher than the thing you're jumping off of i think they were going for one of those like pyramid scramble match moves from the corner you know where they do like the suplex with the guy on the shoulders of the guy on the shoulders with like a table on fire so maybe it would have been cool if they pulled it off but like they didn't look close to pulling it off and then Mance Warner I don't know if he was just mad or what the fuck was going on but he starts like dousing the fucking tables that are all like on the the ring with the lighter fluid and he's about the light the tables that are just sitting on the ring they're not like propped up on anything so he's just gonna set the ring on fire so yeah i don't know it's just weird shit 
Uh, Drake exposing friends to be extremist profile picture. Yeah, like that's what the frame around his shit said. Expren exposing friends to extremists. He's 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 gone, man. Uh, Larry Legend is kissing random fans in pictures. Like I guess that's a new thing. And, you know, this is wrestling. Uh, yeah, we went over to Marcus Crane thing. Uh, Space Jam, I didn't watch Space Jam yet, so I will get into that when I do. Uh, yeah, I'll just cover that whole thing and the Le crazy LeBron hate and all of that shit uh, when I do that. Uh, Lupe Fiasco, Royce59, Saigon, and Vado are looking to enter rap battling. I I'm already seeing too much, like, you know, over-the-top, like, respect shit, which, like, you know... It's fine, like, if y'all want to stay peace, and I don't have a problem with, like, rappers getting along or anything like that. But, like, if they're legitimately getting into rap, uh, rap battle stuff, like, I've already seen, like, Royce doing, like, Instagram lives where he's on there talking about, like, yo, like, you know, I really respect Lupe, and I respect him, and I respect him, and I respect him, and, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't looking to cause no harm or, or, or say nothing to... to offend anybody if i had something to say i would tell you but like you know, anything i say in the raps it's like no it's just rap and it's just not and i'm just like i don't need all that preamble if we are legitimately gonna get into battle rapping because then it like he's putting over battle rappers saying like you know they're in this league and i you know i hope to be up to that level and again i i understand to give him respect but if we get into like the battling that part you know is gonna just like I'm talking about with the wrestling, you can't get too friendly tied to a rap battle or, or a wrestling match. Because within the, the that battle, you're going to believe that, yo, he's he doesn't respect this fucking dude at all. And here's why. And he's laying it out. But, you know, whatever. I, I like rap battles. And um, Shaheen put me on to that caffeine shit. If you... uh. Look, look up the app Caffeine. You just put your email in or whatever to sign in. It's a free app. And they stream the, the live rap battles on it. You know, like, like fucking full pay-per-views. Like, whole card or just rap battles and shit. You can watch that shit live. And it's cool, too, because on your phone, like, you know, if you're fucking with your phone, like, uh, so, like, you, you go to YouTube and you start listening to a song on YouTube, right? You can't exit out of YouTube and then go onto a game or, you know, do something now. Look, look at Facebook or some shit. It's going to stop because you went out of the YouTube app. But on the Caffeine app, I was able to just let those um, those rap battles ride while I was fucking playing games on my phone and shit like that. So I like that because that's a game changer because you could really, you know, you could just do some other shit and have the battles going. And shit. So um, I like that. Uh, Frankie Picard, yo, this this fucking guy, man. This dude, he's got a he's got away more than three bills now. He's he gets fatter every fucking still getting fatter is what his fucking gimmick should be. Not still smoking, still fucking eating. I mean, this dude got eight kids. Somebody's got to not be eating in that fucking house. There's got to be a thin ass kid in that house, like Tiny Tim. Just like dragging himself around with the little fucking cane. 
Papa Frankie, can I please have a bite? And you just like wax him with like a <laughs> fucking newspaper or something. And uh, yeah, I don't know because this motherfucker is is fat as hell, and he's dressing in like Walmart Halloween costumes of the, the Dragon Ball Z characters. This motherfucker was out there. He looked and he got bright red dyed hair. He looked like a fat Coco Beware in a Walmart Halloween costume. Uh, this, this dude, <laughs> this dude, you know what kills me too is on the on the the gear. It's got an ab plate. <laughs> Yo, this dude's got an enormous fucking stomach with a fucking ab plate drawn on the fucking the gear. You notice when you cosplay these motherfuckers, man, that you're nowhere near the shape they are. You know what I mean? That's like an orange trying to cosplay a banana. You know what I mean? You can't do it. You're not, like, then then just start showing up with different colors, like, not the color that that guy is. Like, do Spider-Man, but do him in, like, fucking orange or something. Do, you know, whatever other colored Spider-Man that there's never been before. Do that, because you're not the same shape either. So, like, doing all the right colors and masks and and, and the exact thing that they wear doesn't make you anything like the motherfucker because look at you fucking look at you how do you keep from fucking laughing when you walk the fuck out there like that jesus fucking christ this guy i mean eight fucking kids and he's at fucking matt tremont's house dressed like a fucking power ranger like a fat power ranger morbidly obese fucking power ranger at matt tremont's house and like you know here's it why don't you do one of those things where you just work fucking kids birthday parties for discount rates and and (laughs) dress like a fat spider-man the kids will be calling him out like spider-man's fat you know I don't know, man. It, this shit is bizarre to me. I don't understand how anyone takes that shit seriously. H2O is fucking terrible. Uh, H2O show, H2O student defeats RSP. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I, I just saw the Frankie Picard shit. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, that 440 gimmick is dope. I you know I, I think it's a it's a pretty legit squad, but yeah I don't I don't know too much more about the whole HUO shit because I'll turn it on from time to time always regret turning it on and um, it's just garbage, total garbage and I guess Tremont added like another deathmatch tournament like he's doing another deathmatch tournament now, so I don't know if he's gonna be in it but they seemingly have been teasing a Matt Tremont return since like the second he retired which. I already expected, you know, when he, he did the retire. Um, uh, Atticus Kogarvers, Janela at homecoming. Uh, see, I saw a clip of that. Um, and it was just like Atticus running in on Joey and hitting him with the headlock driver and then uh, sticking the skewers in his forehead. And I'll tell you what. 
Joey Janela sold those fucking skewers better than 90% of the deathmatch wrestlers I've seen um, do it in with, with Atticus with. Because he sold that shit like it was the worst fucking day of his life when those fucking skewers are sticking out of his head. Half of these motherfuckers are like, again, it's so fetishized. It's like they're not upset about it. Like, ah, it hurts. And then a minute later, it's like, Joey looked like it ruined his fucking month. You know? And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a really, really good sell and a good lead in to them wrestling at this show. So, to me, I feel like he did a great job of selling that fucking match overall. Um,. Homicide and Dickinson win ROH tag belts. That's fucking awesome. I saw that. Uh, Deppin still has the TV title. So their their crew is like a Violence Unlimited. It's got three fucking belts in a, in a four-guy group. So I think that's dope. Um, RSP and AEW. Uh, yeah. I mean, he could do a lot, you know. And he's been really, really, really good as a heel. He, he's gotten over huge. And he's really played up that jerk-off heel. Because I think he's a jerk-off in general. So I don't think it's like a, an act, really. I think he's able to just, like, be that guy. Because he's a jerk-off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, he could wrestle. He could he could do the crazy deathmatch shit really, really well. And, um, you know, he plays a great heel, so... I mean, they're, they're seemingly trying out anyone who they think might work there. Um, uh, Phil Baroni versus Justin Kyle. Yeah, that, that turned into a whole bullshit. But uh, um, supposedly Phil Baroni is now saying that his bag got stolen at the uh, ICW show. And he'll show up and fuck that whole locker room up and blah, 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 blah. And um, Danny DeMano was like, oh, what? You know, who, what did they steal? Your your pills and your your dirty shorts or some shit. So, like, there, there's a lot of this back and forth. And it seems like the Phil Baroni thing was just a disaster. Unless he's doing some kind of angle or something. But, I mean, who gives a fuck? But, yeah, he, he seems like a mess. Uh, let me see. Damn, for Smurdak in a death match. I thought I went over that. Maybe I didn't. Something must have happened because it just didn't go down well. Yeah, I had to have gone over that. It didn't go down well. It was a complete disappointment. And the Justin Kyle match was what that should have been. Was a guy who doesn't really do death matches, but is a hard-hitting, bad motherfucker, real strong dude. And Justin Kyle went in the way that I thought Dan Moff was going to go in. And I don't know if Moff got cut bad or, or whatnot, but that's the vibe I got. Is that, like, maybe something happened where he's like, nah, I got to bail on this. And so they had to, that's why they sent the Eric Grind thing in, I think. But that's just my guess. Um, don't care about that. Uh, overall, thoughts on, thoughts on the junkyard shit. I because I had become such a Sodica fan, um, I I went back and I found some of that Zona shit on the IWTV, and there was like a three way that she did with uh, two other chicks. Um, but some 
crazy shit. Overall, the fucking the vibe of that shit is phenomenal, though. It, to me, it doesn't look backyard. It, it looks like another world. It looks like like a scene out of like Star Wars or some shit. Like a bunch of broken down like tractor trailers with like people sitting on the top watching and shit. Like on the top of the fucking cabs and shit. Like standing up there and shit. You know, it's all like surrounding the ring. Bunch of broken cars and shit. It, it looks fucking insane. Like I love the look of it. Um, yeah, that's just how I felt. I don't know that I could watch like you know every month or anything, but I'm I don't watch anything steadily anymore, you know. But the vibe of it was cool because it was just like a ring in the middle of all this craziness, and you know people were standing in all sorts of different places, and like I said on the top of like a truck cab, it's pretty high up. Some of those real big ones, and uh, yeah, yeah, they were just out there. It was definitely a different vibe than your normal just wrestling crowd. Um, talking about like outlawish, that shit looked like like an underground fucking wrestling fight club, death matches and shit. Um, let me see. Let me go back to this other uh, thread. Um, Sherman arrests, call for help, saying he wanted to commit suicide. Hope he gets some mental help. Yeah. So Richard Sherman, uh, former cornerback of the 49ers, obviously formerly a Seahawk before that. Um, he, some shit happened. He was drinking. Um, some, something happened within the family. It's really unclear what the situation was on whether him and his wife were having problems or, or what it was, but. He was trying to break into his in-laws' house where supposedly his children were inside. He was wasted. He was, like, calling out the uncle and uh, father and shit and was uh, yelling and trying to, like, take out the door with his fucking shoulder. Uh, the, I think the father or the uncle maced him through the, the hole in the door. And um, the uncle was tussling on the lawn. So when you see domestic violence that's attached to that, that's because of him tussling with the uncle. So, like, if it's family of your spouse, it's considered domestic. So, that's that's what that is. It's not, he, he didn't hit his wife or anything like that or any woman. And uh, they even said, even his wife came out and said, which is why it's a little confusing. Because if they're, like, on, a, on a, some kind of split, then she's, like, really going above and beyond, like, defending him, saying, like, no, no, we just wanted him out. Because at first, he was denied bail. He uh, hit a guardrail and um, like flee the scene of the accident or some shit or or maybe because he left the house. But then he tussled with police, supposedly. Yeah, like it was a whole thing. But then he was saying he, he was going to kill himself. And it's just really weird because Richard Sherman is a very, very intelligent dude. He's his own agent. Um, uh, I mean, he, he's he's a very smart dude. Um, he's also, you know, part of organizations for mental health and he's been pushing that. So I feel like that came from like a, a hitting home point where he was struggling himself and also trying to help other people in that he's been a leader in the community, uh, which is why initially he was denied bail. But when it went to the Seattle courts, it, they just said, dude, this guy is such a leader in our community. I won't even take his bail money, like release him right away. Like, 
So they got him out of there. And, uh, you know, he made a whole like apology saying like, you know, he takes what he, what happened very seriously. He's extremely embarrassed and disappointed in himself. And, uh, he's going through this and this, he's like, but that's no excuse for, you know, what I did. And, um, you know, he's working forward to, to make better and do better for his family. And like, so, um, you know, it seems like a, an isolated incident of a guy that's really going through something right now. You know, this isn't like his history of being a knucklehead. He's never been that guy. Like he's been a leader everywhere. He talks a lot of shit on the field, but he backs it up, you know, like, you see some of the shit like over the years, the way that he would talk, but there was a rhyme and reason for why he, he had that chip on his shoulder and he proved himself. Um, so yeah, I, I wish Sherman the best. I hope if there's any football left to play that, that he still, you know, comes back and signs with us. That obviously we're not going to be able to afford like top notch contract. That's why the thoughts were that like, you know, we weren't going to be able to afford him. He wasn't going to come back. But he also hasn't got any offers, which I think definitely played on top of his his mental instability, plus the drinking and antidepressants and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, he was such a sought after guy for his whole career and one of the top cornerbacks in the league. And now suddenly people are going, he's not going to be worth what he was. And that's a hard pill to swallow, you know, and I think Sherman has a lot left to offer especially when he's been talking about um, transition into the safety position because that allows him to make up from some of the speed that he's lost with his on-field intelligence, which is almost unmatched. Uh, Sherman's on-field in- intelligence is insane. Like, he's he could read quarterbacks, and, I mean, he's had, you know, he's been able to help other cornerbacks, safeties, wide receivers, quarterbacks, because – He's been able to tell quarterbacks, here's what I'm seeing you do on the practice field that I would pick up on and I would capitalize on this. So stop doing that or maybe give a look over here. So that guy back there doesn't know what you might do next. Or, you know, this dude has been an instrumental piece on on helping to be a veteran part of a team and and help any any team in the NFL should want Richard Sherman on their squad. If they could find a way to get him onto that roster and just I mean, whether you know, you're using him on certain downs, whether he does make the transition to safety, which I think would be very successful. I think he'd pick it up quick and um, he'd be deadly back there. But, you know, I just want him to be better first. Yeah, I, I'd like him to come out of this thing and, and get the help he needs, figure out, you know, whatever kind of you know healing process that he can get to this and to come out on the better side of it mentally, you know, to, to find stability. So that's, that's my hope for him. Um, definitely don't want to hear no bad shit. This guy, this guy too, Richard Sherman, you can guarantee that this guy will have a huge out after football. Obviously, you know, if all goes well and he, he, he gets it all together, this guy will be either a commentator broadcaster of some sort, for many, many years successfully, or he'll be a coach because he's, he's got that ability on both sides of things. He's very, very smart, very, um, you know, he's well-spoken, he's well thought out, which is again, why when you heard this whole shit with Richard Sherman, domestic violence, arrest, resisting 
or arrest, breaking and entering, burglary, they're calling it. Burglary, I always thought, had something to do with actually stealing something. But I guess it's just more along the lines of the break-in, you know? And um, so that's that's why trying to break into the house is, you know, enough for the burglary. But, yeah, like, just really weird, out-of-character shit that, like, I would never in a million years see that tied to Richard fucking Sherman, of all people. Um, GCW AEW partnership, or at least they're sharing talent. Yeah, I just don't think uh, there's a whole lot that GCW gets from it. It's not like Cody Rhodes is coming in for shows, right? So you you remember even um, Matt Tremont for a while was like calling out Cody Rhodes. <laughs> that shit just never happened. <laughs> it's so silly. Uh. But yeah, AEW, I mean, any, anybody's going to jump ship from GCW to AEW. So if they work it in a way where we're like, yeah, like you can use the guys and whatever and try them out and see how this is. And yeah, they're going to do what they want. It's a lot more money over there. So, but uh, GCW going to Mexico to have two events cancel from COVID. Yeah, I didn't know they, they canceled from COVID. I, I had heard they were going to Mexico and again, Schlack was supposed to go and then something happened with his visa or something he he lost his wallet or something with with his id or something uh i'm fixing to have too many jalapenos what to do um i don't well you can make jalapeno poppers which we make in football season um so if you while you watch the chiefs lose you could um make some of those i can give you a recipe for those those are banging um and then uh give them away to people i can't imagine too many jalapenos because they're harder to grow i think because they're such big like thick meaty peppers like some of those thinner ones they can really start popping off but i mean if you do get loaded with those i'm sure you can get people to take them like just hit people up hey you like hot shit here's you know a couple of these and, and then, like, if you're really, like, overloaded and you want to keep them, you could freeze peppers if you're going to, like, make sauce on the other side of it. You know, because once you're melting the pepper down in a pot, it's not going to make a difference if it starts off frozen or, you know, soggy thawing, you know, in the heat or, or any of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can make a whole bunch of those fucking poppers and you'll, you'll run through those. Um, yeah, let's see, uh, Frankie Picard, talk to him already, uh, oh yeah, so Frankie Picard, looking like Coco Beware, Kiefer, that's, uh, Jeff's son, lost 12 pounds over the summer from hard work, does that mean he's more disciplined? Yes, it does, yes, it does mean that your child is more disciplined than Frankie Picard, um, not to take anything away from your son's ac accomplishments, but, um, there's probably five to 15 people on Frankie Picard street that are more determined than Frankie Picard, um, more disciplined than Frankie Picard. Frankie Picard might own an animal that's more disciplined than him. Um, I guarantee you six out of eight kids that he has is more disciplined than Frankie Picard. 
yeah, I, I uh, that's that's my thoughts there. Uh, Tremont adding another tournament. To, yeah, I see that that's uh, violence ensues soon. Tremont's deathmatch tournament, really like super original name, and that'll show them. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's just another one of these things. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Pretty sure I covered it all. Um, check out Jeremy. I got you five stars. He's, he's over there doing his thing with, uh, the ref, Sean. Um, and, uh, check out Eric. At the, uh, we got the Niners week two, and we got Nick Mullins, and that's all we got. Podcast, uh, check, check Eric out over there doing his thing, uh, talking about the worst team in football, and, um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, check Shaheen out always, um, nuclear heat graphics, hit him up for commissions and all that. You got Patreons you could sign up to, and um, you know get rolling with some uh, some different types of uh, podcasts that he does. And again, with the with the art, always available for that. Um, so yeah, that's um, I think all I got. I think I covered pretty much everything. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with another Sean Price track, as I like to do. Um, yeah, let, let's just do that and get the fuck up out of here. Peace. One gun, one clip, one shot, one slug. All it takes for this nigga to disfigure your mug. Not five, not four, not three, not two, just... Yeah, all I need is one mic like Nas, one knife like John Rambo. Y'all niggas can't handle the guard. Sean Price will dismantle your squad. You was a group, now it's... Yeah. Break up, make up, break up again Bottom line, got the fakest of friends You just mad that you taking the bus And he taking the bends He like, oh. Listen, blam, blam, blam from the cannon I shoot your group up, now who's the last man standing? The last man rapping is me, capital P, nigga Run yourself, gun yourself Choke from a rope, nigga, when you hung yourself Got a call from your bitch, you like, son, need help I'm like, one Click One is knowledge, knowledge, the foundation Of who's really real and who's faking The move making, you making, making your shoes Shaking your fake, nigga, so Listen, Sean Price the name, you kinda nice, but we not the same So I cop the range, then I cop the chain, now the cops in range Yeah, one box of baking soda, one package of coke One Pyrex pot, nigga, that's all she wrote One episode of The Wire, what you know about dope, nigga Yeah, one life to live, one wife, one kid One gun pop, your son drops, slice your wig I'm in one police plaza, they done locked the kid, nigga